0: Let's look at a couple of verses before we go into subject. Exodus. Genesis Exodus. I'm going to have a few references this morning and you're going to have to either listen or try and follow. Exodus twenty seven, nineteen. And here we have God describing directions in building the tabernacle. And it goes into great detail about all the various things about the labour and the, the altar and the hangings and everything else in great detail. And in chapter twenty-seven, nineteen, it says, All the vessels of the tabernacle in all the service thereof and all the pins, all the pins thereof, and all the pins of the court shall be of brass. Great detail, everything God went into fantastic detail when He was describing the tabernacle and how it was to be built. All the major things, the mercy seat and uh, the Ark of the Covenant, but also the tent pins, the little things that seemed insignificant. But God had a plan and a purpose and he specifically said what they were to be made of and that's something we should remember and I want you to remember this morning you know if Moses had got a lump of four by two and banged it into the ground the tabernacle would have stayed up but it wasn't the way God wanted it and so often we have that attitude to things in scripture we have the attitude well it'll do it's not causing anybody any harm so let's ignore it let's oh just forget about it but you know god in his wonderful wisdom indicated to moses how every little thing the little hooks that the awnings had to be tied up to him are all described in great detail. God is a god of detail. He's a god of order, not of disorder. And that's something in some of the churches these days, you know, God is a god of order. God isn't a god of confusion. John 19 way over in the New Testament, and verse 28. 19:28. 28. The death of Jesus After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. That the scripture might be fulfilled. He was going to ensure, by his death, that the scriptures were to be fulfilled. All the scriptures, all the prophecies. There wasn't a prophecy relating to the death and the, the life of the Lord Jesus Christ down on earth that was left out. They were all fulfilled in him. the laws, the Jewish laws, the, the spring feasts were all fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, "It is finished." And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. He said, "It is finished. the work of salvation." was completed the veil of the temple we know was rent that big veil which was about 60 feet high apparently was rent from the top to the bottom now that was a practical demonstration of the spiritual thing which was happening out of Calvary at Calvary Jesus had completed the work of salvation he said it is finished And the practical result of that was that in the temple, access was made by man could then go into God's presence. Before that, it was only the priest could go through that veil into God's presence. But now, that was changed. The work of redemption was complete. Now man went into God's presence through the Lord Jesus Christ. He became the high priest for each one of us. He entered into heaven with his own blood and the sacrifice was complete and accepted by God and so we don't have access through an earthly priest we don't have access through the veil we have access through the Lord Jesus Christ he said it is finished and he was able to say to the thief on the cross today thou shalt be with me in paradise the work of of redemption was completed. One other verse we'll have a look at in Matthew 12 and verse 38. Certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. People want signs, people want to see tangible things. He had performed miracles, he had done wonderful things, but yet they still wanted to see a sign that he was who he said he was. Jesus said, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there shall be no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Remember that passage. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. I'm always amazed when I look into some subject like this, how many things we do, and we don't know why we do them. Probably most of the things I do, I don't know why I do them, but there are certain things we all do that we don't really know why we do them. And we've said this before, if you go back to Job, before Psalms, Job chapter 31 and verse 26. And Job had been accused of doing certain things by these three Job's comforters. And he, he's, he's making a point here, and he said, If I beheld the sun when it shined, or the moon walking in its brightness, and my heart had been secretly enticed, or my mouth hath kissed my hand, this also were an iniquity to be punished by the judge, for I should have denied the God that is above. You know, wave goodbye to Granny. Bye-bye, Granny. Why do we do that? Here's the reason why we do it. If I had been secretly enticed and my heart hath been secretly enticed and my mouth hath kissed my hand. That's the way they worshipped the sun. They had some form of worship that kissing their hand and waving their hand to the sun. And we still do that hundreds and hundreds of years later. And we don't know why we do it, but that's why Easter eggs <laughs> why do we have Easter eggs no reason at all no reason at all nothing to do with Christianity Easter eggs but they have been brought in and there was an egg which was supposed to go into the Euphrates and the fish pushed it up onto the bank and out of that came a goddess and Ashtoreth and it's all completely heathen but they have been adopted now as nice little Easter eggs, a sign of life, nothing to do with Easter. You know, there was a thing. Just mentioning this book, Parish Magazine last year, it said Easter bunnies. The real story goes back to the Easter hare, which was a a an occultic symbol. But this, is, the hare, is a relative of the rabbit with longer ears, and all the rest of it. They in the early years of Easter celebrations hers were compared with Jesus they were known for being gentle they had no burrow or home and Jesus wandered about with no home unbelievable that that has been dragged in to Christian thought and thinking but there's something spiritual about an Easter bunny hot cross buns why do we have hot cross buns Jeremiah we'll get round to something a bit more edifying in a minute but let's look at these things and just pointing out the way we have been brainwashed into various things Jeremiah chapter 7 Israel had strayed away from God's paths they'd strayed completely away from God and it's quite a solemn passage this actually quite a solemn passage. Look at 7.17 Seest thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? God is saying, look what they're doing. These people that I have brought out of the land of bondage, I brought them through the wilderness, they, they have been led by me, my pillar of cloud, cloud and, and fire and I have brought them into the promised land what have they done they've strayed away the children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods these cakes apparently were made of honey and fine flour and they were shaped in the form of a little moon they worshipped the female goddess. The moon was a symbol, and the sun were symbols to the ancients of fertility. And so many of the rites that we copy, unfortunately, are fertility rites which go back to pagan times. So many of them. All these May dances and things like that, they're all to do with fertility rights and we still make hot cross buns, we've Christianized them by putting a little cross on top of them, but it goes right back to that time now I love hot cross buns, but that is part of the reason why we have hot cross buns because the symbol goes right back to the time of Jeremiah and before and what does God say about these things read verse 16 he says therefore pray not thou for this people they had strayed away they worshipped other gods and he said to the prophet Jeremiah don't pray for those people that's that's incredible and you know something Jeremiah did he prayed for them God came back afterwards and said I told you not to pray for them until that pe- those people learn to repent and come back to me or not to pray for them even. Incredible. There we are. Hot cross buns. Astrid, the Queen of Heaven. The Moon. Our Lady. Uh, <clears throat> Ash Wednesday. You could go on. Ash Wednesday. Lent. But there's, no, there's not a Christian holiday called Lent. Lent came from Babylon. Lent is, is all to do with penance, working your way to heaven. What are you giving up for Lent? You have to give something. Part of your salvation is based on Lent. Lent, the season of Lent. The fasting of Jesus in the wilderness has nothing to do with Lent. It's, it's all a fallacy and then we come to Easter and this is the season we're in at the moment Easter why if Jesus was crucified at Passover time do we not celebrate Easter at Passover time <laughs> why? seems to me to be the obvious thing to do but no it all goes back to various things. The first and the vernal equinox and all that. And it goes back to a quadricemian synod in the 4th century. And they decided to change it. And they changed the date really to get away from the Jewishness of Easter. Get it away from the Passover. Get it away from the Jews because there was an an anti-Semitic reason behind it all from the Jesuits Jesus was crucified at Passover time but we don't celebrate that time for the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ we are influenced I'm just trying to point out we are influenced by so many traditions and things which don't add up to what the Bible teaches. And they're all important. They're all tent pins. They're all tent pins. Jesus was crucified on the same day as the lambs were being brought to the priests. They, they brought their lambs and they were examined to see were the lambs perfect. And if they were perfect, they were taken out and they were slaughtered for Passover. Jesus was taken before the the judge Pilate and what did Pilate say I find no fault in this man and they took Jesus out and they crucified him Jesus was crucified at Passover it seems to me to be the obvious time so there just a point the doubting Pharisees were asking for a sign they wanted a sign. Jesus had cleansed the temple and uh, he caused a bit of havoc. And they said, We want a sign that uh, what authority do you have to do this? He says, The sign I'm giving you is the sign of the prophet Jonah. An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there should be no sign shall be given to it but the sign of Jonah, for as Jonah was three days and three nights In the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah, if you look at Jonah chapter 1 and verse 17, you'll find that Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish. And Jesus offered this exclusive proof that he was the Messiah, that he was whom he said he was not just the fact that he would rise from the grave, not just that, which would be a fantastic thing in itself, but that the resurrection claim was time-related. It was time-related. There was a time stipulation. He did not fulfill the sign of the prophet. If he didn't do that then they could say he wasn't the Messiah. He wasn't whom he said he was. And unless he could fulfill to a letter, as it said, what did it say? That the scripture might be fulfilled. If he wasn't going to be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the, in the large fish or the whale, then he wasn't the Messiah. He wasn't whom he said he was. And then the enemy, Satan, would have a victory. A victory. And we would be without a savior. Because Jesus wasn't whom he said he was. It's a tremendous importance, really. I do really believe that, it's a, that if Jesus wasn't three days and three nights in the, in, in the earth, then we're, we're in trouble. wonder why because the central message to our Christianity is the cross of Jesus Christ his death and his resurrection 1st Corinthians 15 Corinthians 15 verse 12 now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead how say some among you that there be no resurrection of the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. Yea, we are of all men most miserable. And we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. We are yet in your sins. Then they also which have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life we only have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. He's saying, the Corinthians were saying, well, there's no resurrection. Some of them were saying there's no resurrection, just like this present day. But the central theme, Paul says, that if we don't believe that, then we might as well give up. It's a waste of time. We need to believe in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it then that we don't have in our celebrations three days and three nights? Why? Well, the reason I think is people are not Bereans. There were Bereans. Paul went to preach in a place called Berea, and those people didn't accept everything that they, that he said, just like a fish taking a bait they went back every day and they studied the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was right don't take my word for what Paul was saying and I don't take my word either go back home and look and see if what we say ties in with what scripture says be a Berean Jonah was a type of Christ a type of the saviour after three days and three nights in the belly of a fish he became the saviour to the Gentile nation. He, became, he, he went to Nineveh and he preached in Nineveh and God forgave Nineveh and Nineveh was saved for the time being in any case. A picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ was going to do for the world. Jonah, in all intents and purposes, was dead in the fish and the fish spewed him out onto the beach and he was, as it were, resurrected. Some people would say even that Jonah was dead. If you read it very carefully, the book of Jonah, you can certainly get that message from it. But that's a point of debate. Jesus had driven out the money changers, as I said, and he said then an interesting thing. He said, destroy this sanctuary, and in three days, in three days, I will raise it up again. Now they thought he was talking about the temple. This ma- magnificent ba- temple is what it said. sixty years was this temple in building. I can't remember exactly. But it was been, took years to build. Herod's temple, a magnificent temple. And they were saying he's going to knock it down and build it in three days. But he was talking about the temple of his body. And they remembered that. They remembered that. It was very important to them. They remembered that and after Jesus was dead and put in the tomb, they remembered it. we look at that in a second. At his trial, that was one of the things they accused Jesus of. Desecrating the temple. Saying that, He was going to destroy the temple of the Almighty and rebuild it in three days. And they were brought in, those people, to witness that against Jesus. They remembered it. And you know, in Matthew 27, the Jews, the Jewish leaders remembered it. And they said to Pilate, after Jesus had been put into the the tomb, in 2764, it says... We remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, After three days, I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day. Until the third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, And say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, So that the last error shall be worse than the first and Pilate said you have your own guard you have the temple guard go and set a watch and they, they put the guard outside and they sealed the stone they remembered that that it was important that Jesus should have been in the tomb for uh, three days of course if they'd realized who he was they would have known as we sang in that hymn they would have known that Jesus couldn't have been kept in the tomb with a seal because their Messiah was God in another case the the, the soldiers took money when they realized that Jesus had risen from the dead the Pharisees bribed the soldiers and gave them money we see that in Matthew 28 just a few verses further on in verse 15 so the watch came and told the elders what had happened they were assembled and they had taken counsel they gave large sums of money unto the soldiers saying say ye his disciples came by night and stole him away They had set the guard and yet they were prepared to say to the soldiers have this cock and bull story about Jesus' disciples coming. And yet they were supposed to be there watching over the body of Jesus. Why was three days so important? If you look at the the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Jesus got the message that Lazarus was sick and he hung on instead of going immediately he stayed where he was for a few days and then he went eventually to where Lazarus was in the tomb and he asked to go out to where Lazarus was I'm cutting it short a bit and what did one of the sisters say he has been dead four days By this time he stinketh four days it was very important the Jews had a tradition that up until three days the spirit could return to the body and also after four days they believed that putrefaction had set in and therefore it was not necessary to identify a body after three days there was was no need for the proof that the person was dead after three days So it was important that Jesus stayed that extra day before he arrived at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus was in the tomb four days. Because if he had gone before that, the miracle would not have been accepted by the Jewish leaders because they had this tradition that after up until three days, the spirit could return to the body. Why were they so insistent that Jesus was three days and three nights? The same reason. So that people would be convinced that he was dead and wasn't just in a coma. It's interesting that it was so important in the case of Lazarus. It was the preparation day. The preparation day. We read in, in Mark... Uh, of the events because and now when it was even was come because it was the preparation day that is the day before the sabbath and he joseph bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in linen and laid him in a sepulcher which was hewn out of the rock the sabbath was approaching we all know that the sabbath was approaching and because they didn't want the bodies on the crosses during the sabbath they came and they looked and they were amazed that Jesus was dead already and they broke the legs of the two thieves who were crucified with him and that made death come on much quicker because when they were being crucified they supported themselves on their legs because it was terribly difficult to breathe and when they broke the legs they collapsed and their lungs collapsed and they died of suffocation much quicker but Jesus was dead already Bringing forth the prophecy uh, to a reality that a bone of him should not be broken. They didn't break his legs because it was prophesied that the scripture might be fulfilled that a bone of him should not be broken. If Jesus was taken down from the cross before the Sabbath, then the Sabbath is the Saturday, and surely that means that Jesus was crucified on Good Friday. They took him down from the cross and they put him in the tomb because the Sabbath was approaching and therefore he was in the tomb on Saturday and he rose again on the Sunday morning that seems to be the logical reason why we have Jesus crucified on Good Friday in the tomb on Saturday rose on the first day of the week but it doesn't add up to three days and three nights So there must be some other explanation of the whole business. And really, if we look at some of the scriptures, and we need to move on a bit quicker. It's taking too long, this. Let's look at John 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene, and when it was dark onto the sepulchre and see the stone already. So Jesus, we all know that on the on the first day of the week Jesus had already risen. There's no doubt about that. Jesus had already risen on the first day. But you know, there are little things which we need to look at in the Old Testament. The Sabbath... That they're talking about before Jesus was taken down from the cross is not the weekly Sabbath. It's not the weekly Sabbath. We read that that Sabbath was an high day. They took him down from the cross on that particular day. Let's look at Leviticus. Leviticus twenty three and verse four. And these are the feasts of the Lord even holy convocations which shall proclaim in their season and the 14th day of the first month is the Lord's Passover. So on the 14th day of the month there was the Passover when the lambs were slain. On the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. So the Passover came and the next day was the feast of unleavened bread in the first day ye shall have an holy convocation and ye shall do no servile work so the day of the preparation they killed the lambs the next day was a feast day a sabbath day a day of the feast which was allocated as a sabbath it was called a holy day a high day or a feast day the weekly sabbath is never called that the weekly sabbath is called the sabbath And in John's gospel, it says, For that day was an high day. The day that was coming up after they crucified Jesus on the cross, that day was an high day. John 19 and verse 31. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation, they were preparing to kill the the lambs on that particular day, that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath day. Now, if that was the ordinary weekday, there was no need to amplify that. There was no need to add anything, but it does add. It says, for that Sabbath was an high day. It wasn't the weekly Sabbath which was coming up. It was an high day. It was the Sabbath of the feast. You see, the 14th, if you think of it, When we have an annual holiday when the Jews had the 14th was the, the day of the preparation. That was fixed. Now that could have been a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Could have been any day. Passover day when they kill the lambs could be on any particular day of the week. Could have been a Monday then the Tuesday would have been a Sabbath day. The following Saturday would have been the weekly Sabbath. Understand? now when Jesus was crucified they wanted to take the body down before the Sabbath before the high day which was the the next day it wasn't the weekly Sabbath I'll have to skip a whole lot of this sorry about this it goes on if you look into it in, in a lot more detail the women were at the tomb they saw the body being taken down. Understand? The Sabbath had drawn on. And the next day was the Sabbath day. Now we read that they went and they bought spices. They bought spices and prepared the spices. And then it says, they rested the Sabbath day. I'll give you a reference for these afterwards if you come up with them. They rested the Sabbath day. And then early on the first day of the week, they went to anoint the body of Jesus. If, they, if it was the weekly Sabbath, when did they go and buy the spices? Jesus was put in the tomb just as the Sabbath was drawing on. It says they bought spices. When did they buy the spices? They couldn't have bought them on the Saturday if Jesus was crucified on the Friday. They couldn't have bought the spices on the Saturday. It only works that if Jesus was crucified on a day other than a Friday. Take it that he was crucified on Wednesday. Crucified on Wednesday night The Sabbath was drawing on. They went and they put him in the tomb. Thursday was the Sabbath. The high day. After the Sabbath was over, the women went and bought spices. They prepared the spices. They rested on the Sabbath day, which was the Saturday. And on the first day of the week, which was our Sunday, they went to the tomb to see where Jesus was in order to anoint him. And they found that he was gloriously raised from the dead. Jesus was crucified on a Wednesday seems fairly reasonable to assume that Jesus was crucified on a Wednesday. He was arrested on our Tuesday night. He was tried during Tuesday night on Wednesday, the day of the, the preparation for the lambs. They inspected the lambs. They saw that they were perfect. Jesus was tried. He was declared perfect. He was crucified. He was put in the tomb. The women saw him being put in the tomb. He was in the tomb on the high day, the Thursday on the Friday the women went and bought spices they didn't go to the tomb on that particular day because they would have been unclean for the the weekly Sabbath if they had touched a dead body so they didn't do that they waited until after the weekly Sabbath and then they went and they to anoint the body of Jesus but found that he was wonderfully resurrected there's an awful lot more I could have said but let's just summarise it let us remember that when we come to scripture you know the main thing is that we remember the Lord Jesus Christ in his death for each one of us that is the most important thing that we remember that he rose again from the grave and that he is now seated at God's right hand and that he is our saviour but let us not forget, Jesus said that he would rise again after three days and three nights. The apostles repeatedly say and that he, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. It's important. The only proof that Jesus gave to the people round about him was that he would be like Jonah. And that's the proof that we had. Jesus foretold that that's the way it would be the Jews accepted it they were expecting him to rise from the dead after three days let's not ignore these little things in scripture it's the center of our worship the death and the resurrection God forbid Paul says that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ if you're going to boast about anything he said I'm going to boast about the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ when he went to Corinth he didn't go with men's ideas he went he said to preach the gospel and that was the cross the theme of Paul's messages in the face of all demon worship and the temple prostitution and everything what did he preach he preached Jesus Christ and him crucified that is the central theme of our worship and we want to make sure that our faith and our worship is built on nothing more or nothing less than that the preaching of the cross Pilate asked a question what shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Christ what shall I do with Jesus what shall my answer be someday my heart may be asking what will he do with me that question still rolls down through history what will you do with Jesus and we each one must be prepared to stand up for him to give him thanks for his death, his resurrection and his glorious living in heaven as, as our saviour and our lord are interceding for each one of us, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus who gave his life a ransom for many 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Thank you.